Welcome to Questions from the Closet. I'm Ben Shalati. And I'm Charlie Bird. Each episode, we discuss a question we commonly get asked as LGBTQ Latter-day Saints. We're not trying to answer this question or come to consensus, but simply sharing our perspectives. Today's question is, why am I feeling so overwhelmed? Ben and I are not terribly diverse, and we share many opinions and life experiences. For example, we both actually really enjoy flying out of the B-Gates at the Salt Lake Airport. However, there are some pretty big differences. For example, we both experienced the longest hallway in Utah in different ways. Yes, for me, everyone knows this. What do you do, Charlie? It's always a challenge. Everything yeah. in life is a race. Everything in life is a challenge. <laughs> and how does, so yeah, I, don't even, I didn't even know how this happened. Like one time I saw, it says it's like a seven minute walk from one side to the other. And I was like, like, there's no, no way it's seven minutes. So I timed myself. And then I did it in like two minutes and 45 seconds. But you were like hustling. No, just like a nor- like my normal gait, uh-huh. my normal walk. Yeah. I got long legs. Um, and then I was like, wait, I'm going to see how fast I can do this. So then I went back and then I redid it again mm-hmm. with a fast walk. And then I shared it on Instagram and it's become the B gate challenge where everybody has to use the official U.S. track and field speed walking rules to time themselves. And one person has beat me. Oh my goodness, only one person? By like a half second, Uh, so I'm going to have to train up. Is that because most of the people who follow you are moms? Probably. And maybe they just lied. Oh, yeah. Or they did it wrong, who knows. I bet they ran. Yeah, it's possible. (laughs) You are a collegiate athlete. Uh, The last time I flew out of the B-Gate, no, it wasn't the last time, because, oh, yeah, the last time. Uh, I sat down, took some breaks, enjoyed the murals, which were actually quite lovely. I had a great time. Yeah, it was a great place to be. He made fun of me. (laughs) It's true. But I like making fun of you. I love a race. Yeah. And then when we flew back together last time and you were like waiting for your mom and we were waiting for you like by luggage, I was like, oh, I bet they're taking forever because Charlie's recording their B-Gate time and like having to film it and do other things. No, but we go fast. You're the one who takes too long at the B-Gates. <laughs> I, I anyway, <laughs> we like to provide a variety of voices and perspectives. And today we're joined by Becca. Hi. Welcome. Hey, Becca. So tell us a little bit about yourself or maybe a lot because we don't know you super well. Oh. So what do you want to know? Well, I met Becca at a book signing I did the other day, the other week, and she was so cool. Yeah. yeah. Where are you from? What do you do? Um. Okay. I'm from Dallas, Texas. Um. But I big D. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um. It's country music reference. <laughs> Nobody got it. I got no. I got Thank it. you. <laughs> What's the country music? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um. Yeah. I grew up in Ohio though, so I'm from the north and the south. And um, uh, as far as what I like to do, um, I'm in an acapella group. <gasps> really? Yeah. So you're a good singer. I think so. Will okay. you sing something for us right now? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Can we like do a little beatbox? <laughs> oh so my bad. goodness! I don't know, that's bad. I don't know. Sounds like a DJ. No, it's like Siri. It's in Canada's music. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so acapella from the north and the south. Um, how do you identify? I identify as bisexual. You really are from the north and the south. I really am. Yeah. <laughs> God Best really wanted worlds. to make a big thing about it. Can't <laughs> Who cares about the Mason Dixon line? Just be on both sides. Exactly. Yeah. Great. That's awesome. And and what do you do professionally? Um. Well, I'm a student. Um. I'm currently majoring in psychology and minoring in Spanish. Oh, great. Oh, how did you learn Spanish? I served a mission in California, Fresno. Oh, really? You know, Fresno is Spanish for ash tree. Yeah, that's right. I actually didn't know that. Well, most people don't know words for trees. Audible. Audible. Yeah. Yeah. And so what do you want to be when you grow up? 
Um, I would like to be um, a psychologist. I'd like to get my master's. And then I would like to be able to work with the Latino community as well as um, LGBTQ people. That's really cool. I- I've done therapy in Spanish and it's a lot harder. I believe it. Oh my gosh. Anything like teaching in Spanish. Yeah, because like <laughs> I just have fewer words. Yeah. And so in English, I'm like, so help me understand why you made that decision. And then in Spanish, <laughs> I'm like, why'd you do it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Amigo, por qué? <laughs> yeah, but it works. Yeah, yeah, great. So the topic today is why am I feeling so overwhelmed? Becca, do you ever feel overwhelmed? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Tell us some things that are going on in your life besides being bi. Well, there's so much else going on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, well, I'm. it's kind of fun being a college student because like on one hand, I'm like having the time of my life. Like I have a lot of really good friends. I'm having fun at school and like I'm really loving my life right now but it's also very overwhelming because even though I have so many like good things going on um it can be very stressful because like when you're in school you do have to do school sometimes Uh and then like as you're trying to like balance like a social life and then work and then friends and then like church as well especially is a huge commitment and like things like that it can all get to be a little too much if you don't like I don't know if you don't manage it well. There's a lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you want to be a psychologist. Do you see a therapist yourself? I I recently started again. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to tell us a little bit about you know, what led you to go to therapy? Um, well, the thing that initially started me in therapy was when I was on my mission, it was all very overwhelming for me. Um, I think anyone who's like served a mission like understands why. Like You have to like learn how to live a completely different life and like there's all these new rules and then you have to learn to get along with a new companion and a new person and like it can get to be a lot and so for me like I knew that like I could overcome what was happening but I just needed a little extra help to do it. Great that's fantastic. So one thing I've noticed I think from talking to people is that a lot of times like when there's all these different things going on um, and and someone's trying to figure out their orientation how that interacts with their faith um, just like how their identity situates them in life with family relationships, everything gets pretty muddled. Um, and working as a therapist, I saw this a lot where someone would say, you know, I have this problem with with my orientation and everything's coming back to the fact that I'm gay or bisexual and I don't know how that works with church. But as they would talk about it, it seemed like a lot of their um, feelings of, you know, feeling overwhelmed or anxieties or sadnesses were coming from um, an anxiety disorder or an eating disorder or a past family trauma. And, and, and I've just, I, I just kind of want to ex- explore this idea that when someone is LGBTQ, it feels like that's the catch all for all the issues in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes identity feel super overwhelming, but in reality it might be more complex than that. Does that make sense? Yeah. That, that, like if I'm feeling like sad or lonely or isolated, it might not just be because of my orientation. Like there might be other things going on in life. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that because like, I don't know, growing up, like when I look back on my life, like I do know that like trying to come to terms with my orientation and trying to figure that out was like, it was very hard, but also having an anxiety disorder definitely like amplify that. Cause it's like when you have an anxiety disorder, um, like I've been able to overcome a lot of things, thankfully, but like, um, at my worst moments, you kind of like get stuck in a trap where it's like, if you don't understand something about yourself or if like you're having intrusive thoughts or like, 
I don't know if there's just something you can't figure out and you feel like you need to, then like it just becomes this whole big thing that it doesn't really need to be. Yeah. You know, you know I, I don't have an anxiety disorder. I'm also not bisexual. So you've got an <laughs> experience so different from mine. Uh, Could you kind of help us understand how, you know, your orientation and your anxiety disorder, like how do they like interact and affect each other? Well, that's interesting. I mean, right now, honestly, I wouldn't say that they like do too much because I've kind of made peace with like, my orientation at the moment and also like the fact that like I do have an anxiety disorder but like I can treat it and like I know how to like work with it but like at the point at the times of my life where I didn't know how to manage either of those things it felt very vague and um because I've I felt like um I don't know I felt like the anxiety was amplifying the feelings of like confusion and frustration and like not necessarily homophobia but just like fear I think just a lot of like anxiety really yeah i love that word amplified yeah. and can you explain to me why that feels like the best word to describe this you've mm-hmm. used it a couple times um i think it's because like i don't know since i don't know what it's like not like to have an anxiety thing like going on in the background i don't know what it's like for like a neurotypical person to like just kind of like have to sort through their orientation without it but like to me it seems like if you're just going through it, then like it's like it's going to be hard and it's going to be scary. And like all those emotions are normal and they're going to accompany like coming to terms with something like this. But if you already have an anxiety disorder, then like it's already amplifying other things. Like I, I love how you mentioned like an eating disorder and stuff like that, because like although I don't have that, like I could see how like anxiety would play into that as well. So like even though like being gay isn't like a mental disorder but like if it's coupled with anxiety it can be a lot worse because your anxiety is making it feel heavier yeah there's there's obviously social complexity that comes in and there's like relationship questions and and faith questions and so it definitely makes sense that all of those feelings of doubt or frustration or fear could become you know like muddied in the water of other things going on yeah Uh, ben did you ever have a time when there was like something else in your life happening that you feel like might have crept in to this space of like identity and faith yeah so i think that the two times that were the hardest for me were right before i came out like i came out when i was 23 at the end of the summer and before that i was taking a full load of classes at byu there was this woman i'd been dating i was super super busy and then suddenly summer hit and i wasn't taking classes and i was just working part-time and this woman and i broke up and so while I'd been busy before, now I had all this time to just like sit and stew and think about it. And that was a very scary time because I just like wanted to run away, but I couldn't. And also our relationship ended right before summer started. So I would, I had to kind of face like, well, why did this end? And so I think, you know, the, the breakup, the, the extra time, those kind of amplified what I was experiencing because I finally had to look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the other time would be um, when Jordan and I broke up. Uh, what was hard then was I did not like the PhD program I was in in Arizona. And I kind of wanted to quit, but I didn't have a job. And I wasn't sure where I was going to live. And it was like everything in my life just kind of fell apart. Like mm-hmm. I just had no plan for the future. Like I don't like my program. I don't like this career field I picked. Um, I don't, I want to be this person that I love and I can't. And like, I don't know where I'm living. It was all, it just felt like everything fell apart at once. And that was incredibly terrifying. So what can someone do if they're in that space where they're feeling that way? And and 
I, I imagine that as all that was happening, your, you know, like being gay and trying to figure out what to do with that felt huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But really it wasn't any bigger than it had ever been. No, it had been the same the whole time. And, and it was like my relate, like trying to figure out how being gay fit with the church. Like that was always a thing. Right. Um, but this time it was like, well, I'm choosing to end this relationship with this guy because of the church. And so it like added an extra layer of complexity. Yeah. Because, because for this specific situation, it was like, in my mind, I was like giving up this like ethereal idea of a relationship. Like it wasn't, but then when there was like actually someone that just felt so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I did was I drove home <laughs> and spent a month with my parents. You simplified. Mm-hmm. But I, I re- it wasn't like I was thinking, oh, I need to simplify my life. It was like, I know of nothing else to do. Yeah. I just have to go home. Yeah. You went to a place where it was familiar. Uh-huh. And I knew I could say anything to my parents and they would be fine. And I knew I could lay in bed all day and they would feed me. <laughs> like I knew I'd be okay. Did you eat waffles? Probably. Your dad's always making waffles. He does make a lot of waffles. Um, so, I, so, but it wasn't like I was thinking, what do I do? It's like, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, have you, have you ever been in a space like that, Charlie? Well, I, I feel like Becca has a thought. Oh, um, I don't know. I guess for me, like, since it was so heavy, like, I spent a lot of time, like, doubting myself and being like, oh, like, am I actually gay or not? Because, like, since I'm also attracted to men, it's really easy for me to just, like, ignore that side of of my orientation. And so for a long time, that's what I did. And so, like, it would, I would go through, like, these phases to where, like, my anxiety would be like, but wait, remember that one time when you thought you were gay? What about that, you know? And so it was like for a long time, it would be like really messy. And then I would like repress it. Like I wouldn't think about it and then it'd be fine. And so that went on for a long time. So so that repression, that denial sounds like it was almost a coping mechanism to yes. not have to look over there. Yeah, because it felt safer, honestly. Like it, I think a lot of people do that because like if you're not ready to accept it, then like you can't. And so you just kind of like deal with it how you can. And it sounds like there's a pretty big part of you that that wondered is this coming from my anxiety? Yes, exactly. Because like when you have an anxiety disorder, like it's really important to like maintain like a good sense of self and like keep yourself grounded because if you don't, like you'll just be a mess (laughs) because anxiety, like it'll tell you like all kinds of lies about yourself. It'll get you all worked up. And so like it was like hard to like not necessarily have that self-confidence yet and be like, no, I know myself well enough to know that like, I could be attracted to girls and like be able to have that like self-confidence whereas like before I was like oh but like what if I'm just worrying about this for no reason like what if I'm over what if I'm getting overly worked up about nothing so how did you separate that out it took me years like honestly it took me years of like doing the same pattern and then when I got on my mission I like I didn't think about it like at all because like the mission is so like heteronormative and like you're so focused in the work and other things and so like you don't worry about that but then like i did meet someone on my mission who came out to me and then that made me think oh my gosh i actually need to deal with this now and so they told me to pray about it and um that's when everything changed because like before it was just me like freaking out and like worrying and just like being this whole mess whereas like as soon as i like prayed about it god like he made me feel seen and loved and accepted and he let me know like no girl you're gay <laughs> like you're fine it's okay but like 
you you haven't been wrong about this all along, you know? Yeah. What was it like to have that revelation on your mission? It was really cool. It was really scary, too, because, like, the mission is, like, the last place you want to be gay, honestly. But it was also, like, really, it was a really powerful experience. And it was honestly, like, pivotal in, like, my, like, conversion and faith. Because, like, before I'd had, like, really strong faith, I was, I was, like, far enough along in my mission to where, like, I'd had plenty of, like, really cool and powerful experiences. But that was, like, the first time where, like, I really felt like I was being healed and, and whole and that I could actually move forward with this thing in my life. This revelation was a healing experience for you. It really was, yeah, it really did. That's really beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. Um, as you were talking, I was, I just, he keep coming back to this image in my mind of like a disorganized box on a shelf. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> you're feeling like you just want to keep it in the box, but the whole time you knew it was messy in the box. So even though it is all boxed up and like it on the shelf looks neat, you still know that it's a mess, yeah. right? And then you had to like take everything out of the box, resort it, organize it, and then you can put it back in the box, put it back on the shelf, and it looks the same from the outside, but internally you know that it's organized. Kind, kind of. Yeah, I don't know. Kind that's of. That's just kind of. No, that, that's that, cool. That how is it different? Um, I don't know that it's too different. I would say it was more like, like, I do like the box idea because, like, it was, like, me, like, taking it out, looking down at it, and then, like, shoving it back in the closet. Right. And then, like, taking it out again and then, like, putting it back in the closet. And then, like, maybe taking it out and, like, showing it to one person and then shoving it back in. Mm -hmm. But then, like, when I had that experience, it was, like, God was, like, okay, we're going to look into this box. We're going to unpack it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to show you that, like, you see this box. I see this box. And it's okay if you want to, like show of someone else the box like it doesn't have to go back in there if you don't want to mm, yeah you know? you know when i was a kid one time my grandma was like babysitting us and she had told me and my brother to clean our room we've always shared a room our whole lives and we just shoved everything into our closet <laughs> and the room I was that too, actually. oh yeah you just like, like who didn't do that here's here's what you do you shove everything in the closet and all the clothes you just yeah. put them in the laundry so it just like looks clean and so we thought we were like we're amazing and she came in she's like wow you guys did this so fast. And we're like, we're good. And then she opened the closet and it was like, <laughs> like, like literally everything just fell out. And sometimes I feel like that's what we try to do with our mental health. Um, but like, it really is better to take the time and go through and organize everything and actually have a clean space. And it's scary because who knows what's going to be in the closet, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's always something new in there. <laughs> um, but Yeah. I still don't clean my room as much as I should, bro. So I should take my own advice. And you don't shove things into the closet either. Um, my closet's not big enough right now. It doesn't have doors. Remember? I do remember we did that whole thing about how we don't have closet doors. I recall. So it, yeah, I still would though. <laughs> <laughs> Just with my room, with with my emotions, I actually try to unpack and and yeah. sort things out. Yeah, you know that because you've been talking. I've been thinking. Yeah. One of the things I often say to people, people be like, oh, Ben, you're so brave. Like, your life is so hard, blah, blah, blah. People don't usually say that, but but like, you've overcome so much. And I I, I say this and I mean this. Like, if you were, yeah. <laughs> like, like, if you were to like, like deal a hand of cards, like on what it's like to be a gay Mormon, like I was given like the easiest hand of cards. Like I've had it super easy. And like my parents and my family have always been kind. Like I don't have mental health challenges. Like, um, you know, I uh, things haven't been, uh, things have been really hard, but there haven't been any complicating factors. And so, um, it's, it's, it, it's, 
good and healthy for me to notice there are people that are going through multiple things at once um, and not just this. And yeah, Charlie. Well, and I just think that's so important to to take note of. And also like for anyone looking at this space and like wondering why LGBTQ people are like reacting or like I hear a lot of judgment towards members of the queer community that's just like, why are they being so loud? Why are they acting like this? Why, you know, why are they so angry? And it's not always just because of orientation. Like there are a lot of different things that impact someone's experience. And I just want to reiterate again that that gets so mixed up with orientation in a way that like isn't super clear cut. And so I think there's a lot of blame on both sides. We have like straight people blaming actions or reactions or trauma-based responses on orientation when really it could be a whole gamut of things. And then we have LGBTQ youth especially saying everything in my life that's bad is because of my orientation when in reality there are so many other things that could be at play. So I think it's good and healthy for, for us to realize, you know, the multifacets or the many facets of people's experience and lives that like our orientation is just part of things and there could be a lot of other complicating factors that amplify the dissonance. And that might be why you're feeling so overwhelmed. And if like you keep hitting this wall of I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed, I don't know what to do. Maybe it's time to, you know, see a professional and seek therapy and see if you can uncover any other trauma or um, mental health disorder. You know, that's, I mean, kind of a scary word, but that's just the vernacular that's used. Just something else going on that you can start working through and then it can kind of comb out everything else that's going on and kind of untangle that mess. Yeah. Becca, what advice would you give for someone who's was in a similar space as you like, I've got this, I'm, I've got this anxiety disorder. I'm also working through my orientation. Both things are kind of overwhelming. What advice would you give for someone in that space? I don't know. I think, um, if you do have access to the resources and if it's like a big enough concern, then like definitely go to therapy. Um, like just, just try it. If it's not for you, then like that, that's okay. But like, just give it a try. But also, um, I recognize that like not everyone is like religious and not everyone is like comfortable like like going back into religion if it's been a bad experience before but like for me like that's the only way I've been able to find peace like therapy helped a lot but like therapy only helped because it was coupled with like me like praying and like reading my scriptures and like doing the things that would keep like God close to me as I was trying to navigate things that I couldn't do on my own. It sounds like religion was almost like a form of self-care as well. It really was. Like, it's interesting because, like, I really took care of both of the two, like, most prominent things that I need to sort through, like, on my mission, which, like, a mission isn't really me time. But, like, honestly, like, it was really good because it did give me, like, a space to where, like, I could focus more on, like, my spirituality and, like, I could really focus on um, on bringing God into my life, whereas before there were other things that might have, like, distracted me from it. Yeah, what a blessing. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, this is a, a much smaller example, but um, I don't know how much of the story I want to share, but when you and I were in Washington together in January, we had a very stressful day. Yeah. And I knew, like, you'd never been to Seattle before, so we like, had planned this whole day of sightseeing, and the stressful thing happened in the morning. And all day I was like, I can't deal with this right now. I will feel my feelings tonight. And sometimes, for me, I just think, well, right now I can't deal with this thing that is really hard. I'm going to deal with it tonight or tomorrow or next week. And that, that's been healthy for me to say, okay, right now I've got the other things going on. And so I'll work, I'll feel my feelings later today. Well, and, and, and I think maybe the reason that works is because it's not like 
I'm never going to deal this with. I'm, I'm going to push it away forever. But it kind of grounds you and and it's like it, it like kind of anchors you down. And I will get, I will deal with this. So in the meantime, I can be okay if I need to. Yeah, it wasn't a denial. It was like a I got to survive today. Yeah, yeah. Um, another thing that I've been thinking of as we're talking about this is just like I want to normalize that life can be hard and it that's good and that's okay. And I think that's even like, you, you know, there's this idea um, or this, I would say like eternal truth, if I can be so bold, um, that like you can't experience the good without the bad, right? Like, like there's this um, like scriptural teaching even of like you go through pain to find beauty. And, and I would just say like to anyone who's dealing with a lot of pain, try to keep some of the hope that like, this there is beauty from the ashes there is happiness from sadness and i think sometimes especially in like the modern era we want life to always go perfectly Mm -hmm. and it for it to be easy and if if life is stressful then it must not be good but that's like the reason we're here is to grow and be tested and and move and and there's so much growth and strength that comes from tension yeah um and and i'm not saying if you're overwhelmed and it's like flattening you that that's a good thing like definitely reach out for help but if if there is tension that can be used for good yeah it's interesting you know the the scripture that comes from a second Nephi chapter two and this is advice that lehi gave to uh his son jacob and the chapter starts out with him saying you know your brothers have been really rude to you like they've been terrible to you and he kind of uses that as the to me, it, it appears like that's the that's the trial that he's talking about. Like you were bullied by your siblings, and God is going to take that so that you can experience, you know, what it's like to not be bullied, to feel love. And you know, as as we have these these bad experiences, like you're saying, Charlie, when we're feeling overwhelmed, um, that ultimately can can teach us how to prize the good. Yeah, yeah. I definitely agree with that. Um, I agree that like sometimes we do try to like. We like we want everything to be like normal. Like I feel like a lot of like the modern day philosophy is like how to like be happy all the time. Like how do we like minimize every stress, everything that's like inconvenience that we're always happy. But like but like like y'all said, um, that's not why we're here. And although like it sucks when we go through like really hard things, they can like they can motivate us to like maybe like switch it up or to turn to God like they're growing opportunities but also for me at least like all these like painful experiences that I've had they've motivated me to like try and do something so that someone else doesn't have to go through what I went through for sure that's awesome yeah what has your experiences with anxiety taught you um that's a big question it really is um a lot of things I think it's really taught me to this is gonna sound weird but like it's taught me to love myself because like when you have like something that like makes you feel like powerless or like bad about yourself like you really learn how to like untangle that from like who you are as a person and who you are as a child of God and so I've really learned like um how to like love myself how to like show up for myself and like take care of myself when it does get to feel a little bit too overwhelming but also like who God is and how he can show up for me too. Yeah, I love that, this idea of at the end of the day, understand your divine worth. Yeah. Know who you are and how powerful that is. And that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, and sometimes when we're feeling overwhelmed, 
like for me, when I was overwhelmed, all I could do was just drive home and let my parents take care of me for a few weeks. Yeah. That was really all I could do before I was able to pull myself up again. And it worked. Yeah. A, a story came to mind that I'd just like to share really briefly. Uh, so I talked at the beginning about, you know, I didn't really face my orientation until I, I was just like so busy. I wasn't thinking about it. And then suddenly I had all this time and then I could think about it. And part of me has wondered, um, you know, am I doing the same thing now? Like, am I so busy that I'm not letting myself experience what's actually happening in my life now? And, uh, but I've taken some time to slow down a, a number of times. And a year and a half ago, uh, I went on that uh, journey in the wilderness for a week, that backpacking trip. And part of it included a whole day by myself. Like I had to be alone for a whole day. I was like, oh, I don't want to be with my own thoughts for a whole day. That's so boring. Uh, but I remember just like sitting by the stream, just like laying in the sand and just like looking up at the sky and like watching birds fly by and just feeling like extreme gratitude for my life. And it's interesting, like now when I take time to slow down, I just feel a lot of gratitude. And before I experienced a lot of terror because I was so uncertain about things. But as I've grown and matured and experienced things and learned about myself, now when I take time to slow down, it's not terrifying. It's really just fills me with gratitude. That's nice. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, I definitely agree with you. Like sometimes when I'm alone with my thoughts, like it gets messy. <laughs> but um, it is like important to take time to slow down and like to take time to like, uh, like you were saying earlier, take time to um, like not compartmentalize, but like like if you need to like do something, but you're like worried about something, it's okay to like like move that aside and then like carve out a space to where you can like vent to someone about it or like. I don't know, just work through it in whatever way you need to. Yeah. You know, I think this is really important that it's time. It's important that we take time for ourselves and also be with people who can take care of us and help us out. Like we weren't meant to go through life alone. And and so for me, when I've felt overwhelmed, um, other people have just been so important to me. It's not like that's been true for you as well as that connection with God that you have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Becca, thank you so much for being on today. It's such a pleasure to have you. It was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you for joining us today. If you have enjoyed this or other episodes, please consider leaving a review, following us on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube at Questions from the Closet, or sharing this podcast with someone you love. And as always, please remember that we do not represent the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or Brigham Young University. We're not trying to be prescriptive or tell anyone what to think or what to do. You heard three perspectives and there are many, many more. We encourage you to listen to other voices and hear a wide variety of experiences. If you would like to submit a question or share a comment about today's episode, you can email us at questionsfromthecloset at gmail.com. Until next time. time.